Welcome to the Overseas Famous Podcast, brought to you by Loop Mogul, the only metaverse for athletes where you can interact and meet and greet. Uh, my name is Kevin Owens. I am the host, and we are joined today. A very cool story, Marvin Smith Jr. Lots of adversity, lots of grit, lots of toughness to get where he is, where he just uh, was part of the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, who won the G League Championship this year. So we're going to talk about that. Also, his journey from, uh, you know, high school on to UNC Greensboro, and then uh, where he had a few seasons overseas during the COVID era. So, Marvin, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we this These are my favorite stories because uh, it's very similar to me. Exposure camp, I had to kind of, you know, I was at Monmouth, smaller school, smaller D1, had to kind of grind to get into the D league and then, you know, move on and move on. So your story is very similar. You had to kind of you know, really grind it out getting into uh, UNC Greensboro. Um, and then you start and you have to go to an open tryout for the, the uh, G league. So take us through that. You went to the real, you went to an open tryout for the G league, which is something that is newer where teams are bringing guys in and trying them out and you were able to make the team and not only make the team but be successful so take us through that open tryout for that from that start from college uh where you kind of like played overseas a little bit and then you went into that open tryout okay yeah so um like coming out of college I was drafted by the Bulls G League team was with them for a short stint I ended up getting cut and like you said I went overseas for two and a half years played in Iceland Germany and Bulgaria and then, um, like you were saying about this open tryout, so this past last uh, fall in September, uh, you know, with the G League, is two parts of open tryout. It's an open tryout that they make open to the public, and then they have, like, an invite-only uh, open tryout. So I, I was a part of the invite-only open tryout. It's probably about 25 guys there, 20, 25 guys there. And they only take two guys from that whole open tryout to training camp. So I was one of those two guys that they ended up bringing in uh, for training camp. And then, like, my, my like just because I made the training camp, my spot wasn't guaranteed. I still had a, you know what I'm saying, my spot. So I was in the hotel for, like, two and a half, three weeks. <laughs> it was a little frustrating. <laughs> it was different. But, like I said, uh, made it through training camp and uh, earned my spot on the team and was on the team for the, you know what I'm saying, the duration of the season. I like the invincible – kind of aspect where you know they take on the eagles bringing in uh because they have open tryouts now like like you said there's the invite only and then there's just like an open trial where just lifetime fitness mvps can come and just try to make it onto a g league team and then you kind of have to make it to the next round which is like the invite only and then you know there's a lot that goes into and i think a lot of people underestimate how incredibly talented G League players are. I mean, yeah. uh, you've obviously had tremendous success, but you end up uh, going, let's take us take us back to the beginning. So you get drafted right out of college by the G League Bulls team. Uh, was that an exciting turn of events? Were you expecting that? I mean, you took your team to the NCAA tournament, so obviously you made a name for yourself at UNC Greensboro. Uh, And then you kind of go into that next step, which is pro basketball and go to the G League. So take us through that where you initially start. You're like, holy shit, I'm going to play in the G League. You go into training camp. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was a a surreal moment. 
Um, like I said, uh, a dream of mine was always to be drafted, and it wasn't the NBA draft. I didn't get drafted in the NBA, but, like, to still see my name get selected in the G League NBA draft was, like, surreal. Like I said, my family got together. MCNA was excited and pumped up. A lot of people from the city that I'm from was pretty much excited and reached out to me to congratulate me and stuff. So it was kind of surreal just to see that and knowing in light, you know what I'm saying, hey, I'm about to get ready to go, you know what I'm saying, play in a, a step close from my dream in the NBA G League. So it, it was it was definitely a surreal feeling and moment. You know what I'm saying? It's something that I won't forget and I hold on to um, for, for forever. Um, like I said, it was it was special to me just to see that and, you know what I'm saying, getting that phone call from, you know what I'm saying, the front office people with the Windy City Bulls and talking to them and telling them how they were excited to have me and um, bringing me in. And then, like, the next day I had to fly out. So, like, the draft was on a Saturday. You know what I'm saying? I'm uh, having uh, a get-together with my family. We, You know what I'm saying? Enjoying the moment. And, like, I'm going to get the phone call from him, talking to him. He's like, yeah, well, we're going to be booking your flight tomorrow. And then, so my friend was like, well, you leave him? Like, I'm leaving tomorrow. So they were like, oh. They were excited, but then they was also like kind of, you know what I'm saying, sad to see me leave. But they was also eager to see me um, move on to this next chapter in my uh, professional career. We'll start it's, this new chapter in my professional career. Well, it's crazy because I always think about even just dating myself. The uh, 2003, it was called the D-League back before it was the G-League, and it was the MBBL. Yeah. And I compare it oftentimes to like the 60s or 70s, like – you really didn't know, like what J.J. Reddick called, like the plumbers and everyone, like those were the guys that were playing and you really didn't know who they were. It's just the NBA. Yeah. And it wasn't a big name. And I think about like when I got drafted, I just got a phone call. And I was like, hey, we're drafting you. There was no like live stream. Yeah. It was just there was it was all quiet. So it's really cool how much the G League has come where it's, you know, it's a, it's an actual live draft. People can watch it. People can follow it online. And yeah. you get your, your name called. It's it's just a really good experience because it's such an honor to get invited even into the G League. Uh, and I think it's just uh, it's a really cool experience to have that prior to, you know, where you have to start going in. So you go into Windy City Bulls, you go through training camp uh, before you head overseas. So you kind of go through. And everything doesn't always work out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I end up uh getting cut. Um uh, and uh it was it was I didn't been through that before, so it was kind of frustrating. Um, because I, you know what I'm saying, put a lot of work going leading up into that season. Um, and then like for the reason for me being cut, it was like it's just my, my shot just wasn't falling at that moment. And it's like, man, I didn't spend a lot of time in the gym shooting. I've been on my career as a shooter, so it's like to be cut. The only reason just for not knocking down shots, it was like kind of frustrating, but it also was encouraging um, as well because it gave me confidence, like, you know what I'm saying, I can play on that level. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know as basketball players, like, shooters go through a stretch, a shooting slump, whatever. Like, the best of them do it. I'm, it's crazy because that year that I got cut, um, Clay Thompson was going through a bad shooting stretch, and then, like, a couple of days uh, before I got cut, he had, they had played in Chicago, and that's when he, like, went off and had, like, 50, 60 points or something crazy like that. So, like I said, just it, it was kind of frustrating but also encouraging, too, as well, that, like, hey, like, they saying that the only reason I was getting cut was because my shot wasn't falling. They, like, my attitude, my approach, um, my skill set, and how versatile I was. So, like I said, it gave me confidence, and then it's just 
was just and it was good, you know what I'm saying, as I started to begin my professional career that like, you know, as pros, you know what I'm saying, it's not like college where it committed to you for four years or high school, you know what I'm saying? You gotta produce or they're gonna find somebody else. So it was good to learn that early. Um, because like I said, I moved on to overseas for two and a half years. And even when I came back here to Rio Grande Valley, like I had that mentality in my head, mindset was like, yo, we need to produce right off the off the off the gate. Um because you know how they're not going to wait on you. So that just that that sense of urgency, you know what I'm saying, just helped me throughout my career. So it was, uh, even though it wasn't how I wanted it to be and it didn't turn out with me making a team, it was a valuable lesson learned in that. So I wouldn't necessarily consider it as a loss or a failure. Like I learned from it and I grew and it helped me, you know what I'm saying, lay on in my career. Well, your mental approach is, uh, is something that young athletes need to kind of grasp onto. Uh, because how you just described your handling of that situation, which is a very difficult situation getting cut, uh, you know, everything you've had, you, you give, and it's just like you have to get called in, and it happens to all of us. And I always say, you know, to be a pro athlete, you have to think you're the best, but always expect the worst. Like, accept yeah. that you, like, that someone might cut you. Like, you yeah. think you're the best, but someone might cut you, and you have to accept that. And it's a really <clears throat> tough you know, balance to have to to be have this huge ego, but at the same time accept uh, things. So your ability to do that is is very honorable, and it's uh, something that young people should listen to you speak and say. You know, this is this is you can bounce back because then you head overseas, you head to Iceland, and you play. I mean, talk about holy shit adversity. You then. You go to Iceland, you're there, and then, you know, the next year, it's like COVID hits. So you're just, it's just like a topsy-turvy uh, situation. So you head overseas, where you just kind of like, you know what, let's do this. Where you, When you heard Iceland, were you like, let's go? No, nah, I mean, it's funny. So, like, this got cut probably, like, early November. So, like, from early November to I, I headed, I left uh, to go to Iceland on the 1st of January 2019. Mm-hmm. So like from November to December to end of December, I was just like just waiting around, just trying to wait to that period overseas in mid-December when they make roster changes and stuff. And you know, what I'm saying I talked to my agent, like you know, this we have some interest from this team. Um, you know, what I'm saying, but nobody really came through and, and like pulled the offer. So like that was also tough to just go through that, just sitting around back home, like waiting on a phone call to go play somewhere. You know, what I'm saying. Um, and seeing, you know, saying other guys play basketball and stuff and knowing that, you know, what I'm saying I have aspirations of being a pro professional basketball player and just waiting on that first like contract and opportunity to go and, you know, what I'm saying prove myself. And it was it's my the way I ended up in Iceland was this it's crazy. So like uh, the coach, uh, Chris Carrad, he reached out to me on Facebook. So he reached out to me on Facebook, reached out to me and my agent through Facebook was like, hey, um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you, are you interested in, uh, you know what I'm saying, coming over here? I don't know how he found me or whatever, <laughs> how he found my agent. Um, but he reached out to us. We didn't, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, man, I know that. And it was the second division Iceland, which <laughs> not too many. Like, it's the second division Iceland. So that that level, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not many people heard of that. that uh-huh. league. And I got a funny story when I get to Germany with the GM end up telling me I'll get there later. But. Um, he's like, man, I know this is like um, you're a way higher caliber player than, than here, but 
you know, so I just want to give you opportunity to just come here and just show your full skill set um, and play and, you know what I'm saying, get you some numbers and film out there so you're just not sitting around and not doing anything, you know what I'm saying, and, and taking a whole year off and not playing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was it was a humbling experience for me because, you know, here I go from just three months ago, <laughs> like people all across the world see my name on the G League draft to like now I'm going over to the second division in Iceland where it's like 10, 15 people in the stands. And this is before COVID. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like 10, 15 people stands in the, in the stands before COVID. So, like I said, it was just a humbling experience for me. But, um, like, when I when I went over there, I was like, hey, you know what I'm saying? All right, let's do it. Um, and I took full advantage of the opportunity. Um, I went over, I was averaging, like, 25 and, like, 13, or 26 and 13 or something like that. And, like I said, I just – just was only thing I cared about was like helping the, the team, the young guys and putting my team in a position to win. Um, we didn't win no championship or anything, but I, I made uh, very useful of my time over there and I took advantage mm-hmm. of the opportunity that he, he uh, presented me with. And I, and I thank him for that even till to this day, because I mean, it kind of jumps out of my career and everybody path and journey is different. And like I said, it was just crazy just how that worked out. Like I said, he, literally just reached out to me on Facebook and that's how my first NBA con I mean first uh professional contract came about was through a guy reaching out to me on Facebook and asked me, you know what I'm saying, would I like to come play for his team. Gotta love gotta love social media. <laughs> yeah. Well you you kind of hit on something. There's there's these different uh spots. So you kind of went in January. There's these different spots with overseas where mm-hmm. you know there's the the July signings or June and July signings, which are, you know, the team pretty much immediately like I'm going to scoop this guy up. It's like the start of free agency. Then you have the August signings where it's like, okay, let me fill out a roster. Let me figure out what else we need. Then you have like the September and October, which is like, this guy's not working out. It's early. Let's replace. And then you have the the January signings, which is, the break, you know, you have the holiday break and then suddenly guys are like, this isn't working out, let's go. And then you have the pre-playoff kind of kind of guys that get signed. So there's these different windows of opportunity. So you go during that time uh, to Iceland and obviously, you know, basketball is basketball. Your ability to, yeah. to, to play, you go there and you show that you can play, which leads you to your next job, which is like why, you know, sometimes you got to grind it out. Sometimes you got to play in a place where you're just like, oh, this isn't where I'm, I'm, I know I'm capable of playing, but it's going to get me to where I'm going to go. And, and like I said, one of my things I just tell myself, like, like you said, um, it's my love for the game of basketball. It's what drives me more than uh, the comp, the monetary compensation or, you know what I'm saying? Proving it like it's, it's my love of the game. So like, I, if it's an opportunity for me to play basketball, I'm going to take it. You know what I'm saying? This is going to, if it's going to help me and benefit me, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to take it and take full advantage of it. And, like, I'm not too prideful to play the game of basketball anywhere. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's one of the things I constantly just tell myself, like, never feel like you're too good for, for anything or, any, or anybody. You know what I'm saying? Just treat everybody and treat, um, you know what I'm saying? How, just how they respect and love for the game. That's a the, like I said. You're, I love the attitude. It's it's what is needed with an. I mean, uh, we need to have every overseas athlete listen to this because, you know, the the ability to 
a lot of egos playing and we all have egos, but a lot of egos playing and it, it, it might limit you, your and, success. And, uh, and, and the ego is, is, is needed because that's what drives you to, like you said, you know what I'm saying, feel the best and be the best possible person you can be. But um, one of my uh, closest, closest friends and uh, trainers, uh, Jackie Manuel, uh, he just shared it with me this past, uh, this past summer. And it's like you got ego one and ego two. And ego one is the one who's always want to, you know what I'm saying, prove and show that I can do this and all that. But you have ego two is just saying just let it flow and just let things naturally happen and don't worry about anything. Just go with the flow. And like I said, man, it's that's just it's I had that approach before that, but when he shared it with me this past summer, it's just it helped put me in a different state mentally as I approach like this what's next for me coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go, you know, you that you obviously head to you continue your career overseas. You head uh, to Germany where you playing in Germany, which is a great league to play in. And you're there. Take us through that experience, because Germany is I mean, Germany is a cool place. Yeah, Uh, it's it's a chill place. I feel like people are real cool and they like the game. So it's like a lot of fun to play there. Yeah. So like. I mean, actually, I enjoy, I, like, each place I played in overseas um, was very special and unique. Like, Iceland, just naturally, it was just a beautiful place to be at. You know what I'm saying? I, if anybody had a chance, chance to visit Iceland, they definitely should do it. Because I mean, summer, wintertime, when I got there, I only had sunlight for, like, three days. But, like, just to see the mountains and the snow was beautiful. And they said it's summertime beautiful. And, like you said, I go to Germany, and, um, like I said, it wasn't that much of a culture shift as it was in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like you said, the fans was very passionate about the game. So um, I was in, in Pro A, the second division in Germany, which is a you know, saying, respectable league, good league to mm-hmm. be playing, um, especially early in your career. Um, and like our, our games used to be pretty packed. Like the, the, this, like you said, it's, they love the game of basketball over there. Um, so it, it was good to go through that. And I ended up signing with them late. So like you were saying, like it's those, it's those windows. So I signed uh, the first week of September. They had a guy to get injured. And they needed to uh, fill a roster spot. So I had my college teammate, Deontay Ball, when he, he uh he just signed to go overseas in um, Croatia. But he was on the team and uh, my agent had a connection with the coach. So it was kind of just like a perfect match. Like the coach reached out to my agent and then he asked my teammate about me. My team was like, what? Yeah, like that's the guy you want on your team. Um, so like I said, I, I'm a hundred percent sure their expectation for me was not high. Because, like I said, they had their team built, um, and they just had a guy get injured, and they needed to fill a roster spot. So I ended up coming over there late, um, and, like, I just had that same approach of just always working hard and just being ready and staying ready. And um, I come out in the first game, um, and I uh, come off the bench, too, as well. I came off the bench majority of the season to, until the end of the season. But, like I said, first game I had, like, 22 and, like, nine or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I led the team in scoring and, like, second and rebounding. And, like, that was a guy that they ended up signing late who they didn't – you know what I'm saying? Initially high plans for. And, like, through all the first, like I said, portion, month of the season, I was leading the team in scoring and second and rebounding. was shooting, like, 40% from three. Like, the whole nine. So, like I said, it, the opportunity presented itself and I just took full advantage of it. And then um, I go through that season – uh, through November, December, little highs and low ups and downs, inconsistent playing time, 
um, and all that stuff and to stay with it and then get on to January and uh, we had a coaching change. And then I had probably my biggest game over there that I had like 29, 27 and 10. And it was a game that like our interim coach, like he was on the hot seat. They would like, you know what I'm saying? It's do or die. You give me your chance. Either you win, we'll keep you around. You lose. We just got to find somebody else to uh, coach the team for the rest of the season. And uh, it was funny. He came up to me and my college teammate, Deontay, and was saying that, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to need y'all boys tonight. And, you know what I'm saying? I, that, that game I went on, I had 27 to 10. We ended up beating that team. And they was like in the fourth, fourth place team. So it was a, it was a, it was a real <clears throat> win. And the, the community and the organization was happy about it. So it was good to go through that. And then, like I said, we continued to, to trend towards the right direction. We had a talented team. And then that's when COVID broke. And that's like, we heard about it. And then we was in the weight room, like, hey, it's starting to spread. And I get home from the weight room. Yeah, the uh, pro A put a pause to the season. Then, like, the next day they said they're meeting over it and they'll let people know in the, in the morning what they're going to do. The next morning they cancel the rest of the season. And, like, in a matter of, like, 48 hours, 72 hours, um, you know, we went from thinking we was going to have a game that weekend to, like, planning to go home. Wow. And it was, like, crazy. And then another thing, I end up, like, catching COVID at that same time. So I'm uh-huh. like – and I didn't find out till I got back to the States. So I was feeling a little off. And I reached out to him, like, man, I'm not feeling too good. And I'm like, man, well, we're going to get you a, a ticket. You know what I mean? Your ticket is, you know what I'm saying, here to head back. And I got back home, like, man, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to go to the, I'm just not feeling well. So I ended up resting. And the next morning, I had to go to the yard and come to find out I had COVID. So that was crazy as well. That is, that's nuts. So, and you, I mean, not to get sidetracked with the COVID talk, but like that's, it's crazy because I remember I got COVID, but I got it, you know, yeah. I guess like last December or I guess this past December. So, but the, to get it that soon when you were like, holy shit, like you don't know what this is. You don't know what it's going to be. You don't, you're hearing people are dying from it. And all of a sudden you catch it and you're like, oh shit like that was that a scary moment I mean you're over in a foreign country too like that's that's scary yeah like I mean it it hit me pretty bad like the the first initial day when I was overseas and I was traveling back I just felt a little off you know what I'm saying yeah like I said I got home I tried to eat and have a bunch of appetite so I'm like I'm gonna just get some rest maybe we'll just it's been a lot going on the past couple days I'm just mentally and physically probably exhausted. So let me just get home and just rest. And then I woke up the next morning and I had to be rushed to the ER because I had trouble breathing and stuff. And, you know what I'm saying? It hit me pretty hard, but wow, I was able to, you know what I'm saying, fight through it and bounce back from it. That's great. That's I mean, it's, it's definitely scary, but that's great. So you end up, uh, so let's go into the coaching thing. I think is so cool because the coach your coach is on the hot seat. You end up playing well. That bond definitely grows. And I feel like those co- coaches overseas, they remember that shit. So it's like they'll put in a good word. So you do these little things. I mean, I've gotten a job because a coach liked how I did something. And they told another coach that they're friends with who then signed me. So I yeah. think there's th- that whole carousel goes. But you said your coach mentioned something about Iceland. And I, I feel like this will be oh. Yeah, uh, so, so the GM, the G, the actual GM of the Germany team, he was um, I think this was like after like the first month of the season, I was playing well. And he was like, man, uh, you know, like we really did a good job with signing. He was like, I'm not gonna lie to you, 
when uh when coach told me that uh, you played in the second division in Iceland, I almost told him like get the shit out of my face because he's like he's like there's no real basketball over there in the second division in Iceland. Um, and he was so that that was just kind of you know what I'm saying funny. It just goes to show that like like we were saying just about the egos thing, man. Like obviously like everybody has a goals and the dreams that they working towards, but like never feel like you too small or you too big to, you know what I'm saying, go somewhere where opportunity presents itself at because you never know, you know what I'm saying, where the opportunity may lead to next. I lo- now let's go into your you come back home, you're with the we talked about how you came came about with the Rio Grande uh, Valley Vipers. Uh like you said, you had some up and downs uh, ups and downs with them as well, but then you guys go on to win a championship. So I think there's some, there's like a people don't really realize, and I think about businesses and stuff, and like they don't really realize like how cool that is to win a championship. They're like, well, it's a G League championship, and you're like, so the fuck what? Like the guys in business win like the, oh, our South Jersey, or, you know, like certain areas, small areas think that we're the best in South Jersey or something. And that's like, they're putting it all over their walls. They don't really understand how big of a opportunity and how big of a, uh, you know, accomplishment that was. So when you guys, was that something where you're like, when you guys were winning it all, was the celebration like legit? Were you guys just like, hell yes. Like we just won. Uh, we are was, celebrating. <laughs> it was, man, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely legit, man. Winning is contagious, man. And it's a special feeling. I've been fortunate enough to win, um, win a state championship in high school. Like I said, I was a captain and led my team to winning a conference championship, regular season and tournament and playing the NCAA tournament. And even like when I played in Bulgaria the year before I got to Rio Grande Valley, um, you know, that team won uh, four games that whole year. And um, when I was playing there, uh, we ended up finishing at this regular season in fourth place. So just seeing how them how they reacted to just winning, like I said, winning is, is a special and a unique feeling. Uh, can't really put the words on exactly that feeling, but like once when you experience it, it's like it's to me it's like a it's like it's like a it's like a high. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like none other, and I, I constantly um you know what I'm saying crave it. So like I said, after winning the, the D League championship, man, it was legit, man. We had like a, a little par- a parade. All the fans down there, man, down Rio Grande Valley are special and amazing, man. They came out in support. And showed a lot of love, and it was just good just to see that community and that city down there embrace us, and you know what I'm saying us winning, bringing the championship back down there to them, and how because they don't have many pro sports down there, so like the Vipers is like everything to them, you know what I'm saying? So it's like to see that impact on that community and that city, um, man, it's, it, it it was a special feeling. You're right. And I, we talk about a lot with like overseas, how overseas basketball set up. And we talked about, you know, the, this, you know, the second division Germany, but at the same time, it's a town that you're representing in Germany. And while that town, that town could be back up into the top league pretty soon. So they support the town and we don't really have that. We have like the NBA teams and we have the minor league teams, but we don't really have that up and down, you know, relegation, yeah. things like that, which would be interesting if, yeah. if they did, uh, you know, make make things a lot more interesting. But uh, definitely the community would appreciate you guys uh, winning. I know Rio Grande, they've been, I want to say, they're like one of the older teams 
uh, yeah, now. I know one yeah. of the most successful teams too, as well. So uh-huh. like that was this past year after when it was the fourth time they won a championship over, I think, a span of ten years or something like that. Jeez. So like, man, the the uh, organization down there, man, do a, a good job of like showing the value in like winning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it shows over. You know what I'm saying? The course of I'm um, saying. The, the years of like them constantly winning championships. Like, like I said, just the whole setup and approach down there, it's like second to none um, from the facilities, you know what I'm saying, to how, you know what I'm saying, the players and stuff is taken care of and all that stuff. Like they just do a great job of putting their players in a position to not only develop and grow because honestly, like the G League is a, is a development program. And, it, and it's like I said, it, it took tremendous steps over the years, man. And it's trending in the right direction. Um, but like a lot of lot of G League teams is just there for development. But uh, Rio Grande Valley do a great job of not de- not only developing us as players because I feel like everybody went down there um, and made the most of their opportunities. And you know, guys is going on to get new jobs and stuff. So not only um, do they do uh, value development, but they also value winning. You know what I'm saying? And um, so it was it was good to be a part of the organization. That's. I just think uh, I'm like thinking back to my time and like Rio Grande, they weren't there yet, but they were like one of those teams. I think once we, I don't even know who we became. Like we were, I was with the Roanoke guys on every team, like became defunct and then just went and became something else. Uh, So it's, it's funny to see, you know, all these teams kind of like everything was Southeast. Now it like moved over to the West and now it's like everywhere. Yeah. So, Marvin, the cool thing, you've been part of all these different things. You've gone overseas. You've won a championship in the G League. You're, you're on to success. You've obviously worked so hard, and now you have this, you know, there's, there's things out there for you. There's jobs out there for you. You've yeah. uh, partnered with Loop Mogul, which is super cool. We've talked about them and you know, yeah. every podcast. So that you just have created this whole success based on just hard work and not giving up, which is so cool to see. And that's a lesson for everyone out there that, you know, you can keep pushing, keep going and success will find you if you have the work ethic and you certainly do. And we are so excited to have you on to talk uh, a little bit about this and we will have to stay in touch, keep the story going. Uh, But again, we appreciate you, Marvin, so much for, for hopping on and telling your story today. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. This has been Overseas Famous Podcast. This has been Kevin Owens and Marvin Smith Jr. We'll see you guys next time.